dragging across the road. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and as I was coming up on the curb, I didn't want my head to hit first, so. Yes. Well, it's the Only 65 pounds of muscle. Wow. Well, yeah, so it, it, was, it was another dog on the other side. And as soon as he got to the Commissioner Price, second by 
Commissioner Cameron Lennon. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. The Historic Planning Commission will handle several matters tonight with a public hearing. So I'll move we okay. approve the minutes of the May 28th, 2019 uh, Estuary Planning Commission. Second. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Okay, both sets of minutes have been approved now. The Estuary Planning Commission will handle several matters tonight with a public hearing. The order we will follow for each public hearing is outlined in a handout called Procedures for Conduct of Public Hearings, available from staff. In each case, I will identify the subject, announce when the public hearing is open, and ask anyone interested to testify regarding the matter. If you wish to speak, please be sure to sign the hearing sign-in sheet located on the side table. You should address your remarks to whether or not the application in question meets the necessary criteria. Our first public hearing tonight is conditional use request CU 19-04 by Stewardship Homes LLC to locate a five-room short-term lodging facility in an existing apartment building at 641 Commercial Street in the C4 Central Commercial Zone. Does anyone object to the jurisdiction of the Astoria Planning Commission to hear this matter at this time? Does any member of the Astoria Planning Commission feel he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contacts to declare? I will declare that today I received an email um, discussing, uh, with some comments, I believe, discussing the conditional use. Uh, the public hearing has been closed. There was no discussion, and I didn't read them completely, but I did want to clarify that um, the public hearing, I believe, is already closed, so if, um, if there were any comments in there, they would be disregarded and not applicable. So uh, did any other member of the commission receive that a particular email from a person named Andrea Mazzarella? Yes. Yes. And did any of you read it? Yes. Okay. I've neither received nor read. Okay. I kind That's of glanced through it. I wouldn't say that I've read it. Okay. That's all it was there. That email poses two uh, uh, thorny issues here for uh, the process of this. First is, it does uh, constitute an ex parte contact. Um, and the second is that in any land use application, the uh, applicant has the right to uh, submit a final argument. Uh, and as you remember, we continued the last hearing and allowed the applicant two weeks to uh, submit its final argument. Uh, this email um, could be construed as a, a final argument. I think it would be appropriate this time if the applicant wishes to address anything dealing with that uh, email to have the opportunity to rebut any comments that are contained in there. It's not new evidence, it's simply an argument. A lot of the comments I read in there um, were I just briefly skimmed it. Mr. Gillis, could you say your name oh. and address for the record, please? Matthew Gillis. 11650 Southwest 67th Avenue, number 210. 
Tiger, Oregon, 97223. Um, a lot of the comments in there were talking about us and what we would do with money and how it affects the city. And uh, we actually do a lot of long-term rentals in the city and we want to continue that and um, this would help us fund other projects within the city. We brought lots of vacant houses that we've flipped and brought that were completely vacant and then we brought them back into the housing market as rentals. Um, at least, uh, I counted them the last minute I said it, but I think it's at least eight different rentals we brought back into the housing market. And so um, this we specifically bought because it was commercially zoned and um, and it's in the, the central commercial district, which is walkable, it's the design, you know, that zone is one of the zones that's designed for a hotel type situation, and that's why we specifically bought this. And we do add a lot of housing to, rental housing to the market as well. Thank you. Do we have a present, do we need a presentation of the um, staff report? Do we have that, Mr. Morgan? Just briefly, uh, briefly, Mr. President, um, this is uh, the memo that deals with additional materials for consideration regarding this additional uh, use application. Uh, at the May 28th uh, meeting, the applicant requested and the planning commission allowed the applicant 14 days to submit final, final written rebuttal. The attorney for stewardship, Tom Scarrett Stevenson, has submitted the attached letter on June 11th uh, within the 14-day period. Additionally, the city attorney has submitted a legal memorandum which is attached. Um, recommendation is that the recommend of the Planning Commission review the additional materials, deliberate, either approve or deny the application. Depending on the direction taken by the Planning Commission, revised uh, findings may be needed. In other words, the findings that you have um, in the original staff report are for denial, and if you uh, vote to approve, then we'll, we'll have to uh, uh, develop some additional findings for approval. Any questions? Are there any questions for staff or for Mr. Kinnisberg? No questions? All right, so the public hearing has already been closed. Uh, so we are at commissioner deliberation on this issue. Uh, commissioner Price, why don't you get us started? Thank you, Mr. President. Um, well, thank you for um, the uh, written rebuttal, uh, which was quite detailed and um, uh, reiterated in writing the um, statements made during the public hearing. Um, I continue, however, to agree that the Planning Commission has uh, authority to use its wisdom and to, um, uh, on these issues, and uh, I continue to agree with staff that uh, the request does not meet all applicable review criteria, and uh, therefore I would vote to deny the conditional use permit for this applicant. Thank you, Mr. Corcoran. All of the different points about all the different issues to me cancel down to the broad uh, 
Historically, this planning commission and council has, has certainly interpreted uh, the parking requirements as uh, our ability to increase required parking for anything, any conditional uses. Um, but arguments against that aside, comprehensive plan, the housing element of the comprehensive plan, CP 218.2, very clearly states, maintain and rehabilitate the community's existing housing stock. Approving this application would reduce existing housing stock. And for that reason, I would be against it. Would someone like to make a motion? I move that the Astoria Planning Commission adopt the findings and conclusions contained in the staff report and deny uh, conditional use request CU 1904 by Stewardship Homes. Second. Motion by Commissioner Price, second by Cameron Laddick. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. The Astoria Planning Commission's ruling may be appealed by any person withstanding to the City Council within 15 days of the mailing of the Astoria Planning Commission order. 
Appeals shall be in writing and shall be filled with the Community Development Director. If an appeal is not filed with the city within a 15-day period, the decision of the Astoria Planning Commission shall be final. Pacific Corp to perform in-water remediation work. Use is considered active restoration to address contamination present in sediment adjacent to Second Street South of the Pierhead line in the A2 Aquatic 2 Development Zone. Does anyone object to the jurisdiction of the Astoria Planning Commission to hear this matter at this time? Does any member of the Astoria Planning Commission feel he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contacts to declare? All right, we have a presentation of the staff report by, I gotta get my list here, by Nancy Ferber, representing the press. Yes. Some very brief slides. Um, as mentioned, the site location is between 2nd and 3rd Street for in-water work, which I threw a photo up. Um, it's right at the base of 3rd Street by the condo building there. And this is being reviewed as a conditional use in the A2 zone as an active restoration. There's two definitions of restoration. One's active, one's passive. Passive is using natural processes. Active is there's something going on at the site um, or use of a specific remediation. Um, helpful for this one to have a little background and information about the proposal itself. So this, the proposal is a sediment remediation for a former um, gas station and gas distribution site where that parking lot, that existing parking lot is now. So there's some DEQ requirements to clean up that site and some um, NAPLs, which are non-aqueous phase liquids. Um, contamination in the area. So the applicant is proposing putting a clay barrier kind of sandwiched between layers of fabric buried 18 inches below the existing surface in the water. So there will be removal at the site, this <coughs> clay barrier will be installed and then existing gravel put back on top of it. Um, so there really won't be removal and fill going on, it's just burying this clay barrier. The site was previously used for bulk distribution. Um, UNICAL removed buildings and structures and above ground tanks, so it doesn't look like there's anything there now. The upland parking lot area was constructed and covered up um, exposed soils. And again, the location we're looking at is the blue area that in water work, but I included some in the zoning just for reference um, for the C2 and C3 area around it. There's quite a few codes that this um, triggered. It's the zoning and the development standards specific to that A2 zone are covered in Article 2 because it's in the shoreland overlay zone. Article 14 triggers Article 4 and 5, which requires some impact assessment information. All of this is covered in the staff report. And then the conditional use um, criteria, which you're familiar with, which includes compliance with the comprehensive plan is in Article 11. And then some additional requirements for Article 3, which triggers review by Public Works. The applicant is also aware that there's a um, simultaneous 
permit process going through DSL, and there's some paperwork to finish up on their end too. So there, there's a public comment period open right now for that as well. Um, staff has recommended approval with a number of conditions, um, mostly related to that additional DSL permitting. There's the permit waiver requirement that's required because of some DEQ standards at the site. Um, the city only received one public comment which should have been distributed and most of the concerns were processed related to that DSL permit, um, related to some public noticing which is a completely separate DSL permitting process not related to the conditional use permit. But I'm happy to answer questions and the applicant is here as well for any technical questions. Are there any questions for staff? Yes, thank you. So you sort of answered my question which was about the process and the um, memo that we received from Mr. Hayek. So uh, the DSL permitting, this comes after uh, uh, assuming that there is a, an approval of the CU now, the DSL permitting, and so additional notification would come from that agency. Yes, in fact, additional notification has been sent out already, and I think that period is still open for, for public input for that. So if there are additional concerns, Does the is non-aqueous space material otherwise known as goo? <laughs> I've not heard that. I imagine it's like goopy petroleum <laughs> stuff. It's um, my understanding, and the applicant can probably speak to this more. Is it's sediments that won't dissolve or, or dissolve in water, but can otherwise be remediated. Any other questions? All right, public testimony is now open. If you wish to speak, please come to the podium, state your name and address for the record. Is there a presentation by the applicant? I do not have one, sir, but I'm happy. I have something available if we want to see it, but otherwise the information that's been presented in the application I think is quite comprehensive. If there's any technical aspects of the engineering you'd like to hear about. Will we... Uh, does anyone have any questions for the applicant? Would you mind coming up to the podium, please? No, no, sir. Please state your name and, rec and uh, address for the record. Certainly. My name is Rob Webb. My address is 72 Holiday Lane, Leavenworth, Washington. Um, Go ahead. My question is really about, um, it says at the beginning that this is a pilot project, so I'm kind of wondering what the rest of the process will look like. How much is being done now? Is this going to be a you know, smaller level disruption in preparation for a bigger disruption later? The anticipation is that this will be a final remedy. Oh, okay. So the hope is, but unfortunately until it's in place and proven and meets all the requirements, DEQ wanted to call it a pilot project, but it's a proven technology using a manufactured product of geotextile with an organo clay embedded between it that absorbs the LMAPL material. And the um, expectation is that that uh, layer will absorb material from below? That's correct. And there's uh, the expectation that 18 inches is going to be enough? Yes. We, it's going to be deep enough. Yeah. We, we anticipate it to be. The materials that are there on that lower beach area are quite stable. The steeper bank behind it is erosional, but those lower materials have been stable. 
and we don't want to dig too deep for fear of destabilizing the slope. So 18 inches is expected to be stable, but we do have a long-term operations and management plan with DEQ that we need to inspect the site after any significant storm events. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, so, uh, looking at the sediment cross-section, mm -hmm. I see that, um, that there's a, a trench, I imagine that's kind of like an anchor trench. That was a trench that was done during the investigation that showed us the landward limit. Okay. So, just to make sure I'm understanding the design, um, is the geotextile secured with the, the clay layer and, and then the putting back a cobble in the rocks, or is there some kind of anchoring system? Um, it, it, the, um, the geocomposite is a layer of fabric, like a, a blanket, is it and then it has, or I'm sorry? Is it biodegradable? No. Or, okay. No. We don't want it to biodegrade. So we want it to stay there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like a blanket, and then it has the organo clay material, which is like a, a powdered clay material, and then another layer of fabric, and then that's needle punched together like a quilt. And then there's three layers of that will be put in. So to do it, we will go down with a small excavator, pull back the upper 18 inches of the existing material, put this material in, and then put the upper 18 inches back okay. on the low tide cycle. So yeah. if we wait at the start of the low tide, come out before the tide, put okay. it back in. So I got curious because um, I, I noted that this is supposed to withstand climate change and wave action and all this uh, very dynamic um, atmosphere, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and the pilot project has been approved by DEQ. Um, and so I'm curious what the, um, is this like a 30 year remedy that will be kind of reinstalled every 30 years? Is that what I'm It should have a couple hundred, several, a couple hundred years of okay. lifespan based okay. on it. Okay, great, so, thank you. But we have a 30 year lease with DSL because that's the duration that we have. I have a small question about that as well. Given I'll have a small answer. <laughs> <laughs> that you'll have to work around tides, you, do you, have you anticipated whether you'll be doing our excavation activities in the middle of the night next to the condos? We do not want to do that. We have set this project up since the very beginning over multiple years now that the work has to be done during the summertime daylight low tides because our low tides at night our really good low tides are December, January, they're midnight, they're three o'clock in the morning, it's very dangerous, it's right next to the condo. So we have um, gone through Fish and Wildlife and all the other agencies to have permission to do the work in the summertime, and our last low tide window for this year is August 29th through September 2nd, so. Just make sure all of our native species are taken care of. I've had so many biological reviews on this, yes. Any further questions? No. All right, thank you. Thank you. Is there a presentation by persons in favor of the application? Is there a presentation by persons who would speak impartial to the application? Is there a presentation by persons who would speak against the application? Having no comments, we expect no rebuttal from the applicant. Are there any closing remarks from staff? All right, we will close the public hearing. And we will deliberate. Commissioner Henry.
Do you have any thoughts? Sure. Um, yeah, I think that this looks like a, a sound project with a um, net benefit, and it's a necessary project. Um, as far as I can understand the way it's going to work technically and all the environmental reviews it's been through with DEQ and other um, jurisdictional entities, I, I would be in favor of this project. Mr. Cameron Lab. I am also in favor of this project. Mr. Price. Well, this was a very uh, fascinating learning experience for me. At first I thought, uh, how would I ever know? But I want to thank uh, who, uh, Nancy Ferber and uh, Mr. Morgan. Uh, it's a, quite a, a comprehensive packet, and uh, as I really just sat down and, and read through it, it, it made sense to me. I had to Google some terms. Uh, I was uh, a little concerned that it had taken at least seven years to get this far. It's, the state moves in very slowly sometimes. Uh, at any rate, it. it uh, has gone through Crest, which uh, has, has uh, uh, as the staff report approved it, and so therefore I would too. I'm enthusiastically in favor of it. That's right. It sounds like we have broad support with someone like to make a motion. I move that the Planning Commission adopt the findings and conclusions contained in the staff report and approve the conditional use request CD1905 by Rob Second. Motion is made by Commissioner Cameron Laddick and seconded by Commissioner Price. All those in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? The motion passes. The Australia Planning Commission's ruling may be appealed by any person standing to the City Council within 15 days of the mailing of the Australia Planning Commission order. Appeals shall be in writing and shall be filed with the Community Development Director. If an appeal is not filed with the City within 15-day period, the decision of the Astoria Planning Commission shall be final. The permit will be void after two years unless a substantial construction has taken place or use has begun. However, the planning, Astoria Planning Commission may extend the permit for an additional one year upon request by the applicant. All right, our next item on the agenda is uh, amendment request A19-01B, which we have continued from the May 28th, 2019 meeting. Uh, the community development director wishes to amend the development code sections concerning issues related to height and maximum gross square footage in the bridge vista overlay area. Exempted sections from A19-01A as well as continued discussions regarding potential sub-areas within the Bridge Vista Overlay area. Does anyone object to the jurisdiction of the Astoria Planning Commission to hear this matter at this time? Does any member of the Astoria Planning Commission feel or he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contacts to declare? All right. Planner Johnson, and we have a presentation of the staff report. Yes, and this is going to be a little different than what normally. Um, as you remember, at the last meeting, the commission was discussing how to address height and mass and view quarters and the proposed two districts uh, and still allow development yet 
uh, preserving some of the vistas and views. The concept of applying the north-south orientation of buildings with uh, separations between buildings and maximum widths was proposed and the commission was split on, on some of the details of how to implement that. So as staff, I took a stab at trying to come up with what I heard as a general consensus or majority. After I prepared the draft, uh, which is what you have before you, I sat down with the city manager and Matt Hasty, who is the uh, consultant who worked on the whole riverfront vision plan and is doing the urban core area with us. And we started having some concerns about the actual language and how this code could be applied to that area. So I'd like to go through some of those thoughts that we had because we're not sure that the code as I've written it here, it will work or that it's going to give you the results of what you, you wanted. Um, in addition, we're hearing a lot of the same information from the general public. Uh, you should have an email from one or two people, plus there's a petition in front of you. There will be additional names added tonight to that petition. Um, again, people are concerned with the, the views in that general area. So when we look at the bridge vista, the height and mass of what we're talking about is just in the bridge vista area. So that's the boundaries. When we look at that, when we started applying the two special districts, the one on the left would be the port, uh, West Morning Basin's uh, planning district, and the one on the right would be the Astoria warehousing. So as you can see, those two planned districts take up majority of the area of the Bridge Vista. The area to the right, far right, is where Fairfield Hotel is planning to build. And then you have the one in the middle, right to the east of the bridge, is already developed with the Holiday Inn Express. Then you start overlaying the pedestrian-oriented zone. Now the pedestrian-oriented zone has the concept of a more compact form at a pedestrian scale so that you uh, don't have large parking lots, you have buildings that are more like your downtown where you have uh, pedestrians going from one building to another and not having drive up services. So when you apply the, the port overlay or some of these, you have the, the pedestrian area to consider. Then you look at the areas over water that are protected. The red area right there by the bridge, and in the far right-hand corner, there's a square. And those are limitation areas, and development over water in those two areas is limited to top of bank. So you're going to have view quarters out over the water in those two areas. Now, the concept of having buildings 60 feet apart, north-south orientation <coughs> works when you're talking about over the water because you have linear lots and you have the view from the river trail with a north-south building. If you look at those lots in the circle, the lots are in front of each other. And so 
creating a view quarter may not be possible because you don't have linear lots to keep that view going all the way to the river. And as an example, here's what the overwater concept gives you. Uh, it states that the buildings have to be so far out from the shoreline. And the original said that they cannot exceed 150 feet wide or a certain percentage of the lot, which is what we try to apply to the land. And when we apply it to the land, same concept, except this is a, I'd have to fix the graphic, but it wouldn't be from the shoreline. You would have those separations between buildings. But then when you start applying it to the actual map, with the way the tax lots are. The orange indicates existing buildings that may remain, and the blue is conceptually where buildings could be built. And if you start looking at view corridors, it doesn't provide that straight through view corridor. Uh, if you assume some of these buildings remain, and if you assume that the tax lots or property ownerships don't get combined in single lots, so in applying the concept of what we were trying to do with the 35 foot high building with view quarters, I don't think it's going to work the way we want. And it has a good concept, but as you can see with the breakup, the, the results aren't there of what you envision. The second part of this is the height of buildings. And We've had numerous uh, comments from the public, and we, have, you know, we understand as staff that the exceptions to building height can get massive. For most areas in town, that's not an issue because you're not looking for those view quarters. Downtown, you have elevator shafts and things, and it's not that big a deal because you're looking over them or you're looking up, not trying to look out at the river. Here's just a few examples. The one on the top left is the old number 10 6th Street, and it had the common exceptions to building height, flagpoles, utility pipes, and chimney. Then you look at the red building on the bottom, and the height of the building is halfway of that pitched roof, and that utility uh, equipment is above and or an exception to the building height. Then you look at the Fisher Brother building, and that elevator shaft and building on top is all extra height and mass on top of the building height. So if you have a 35 foot building from a flat roof, all of that extra structure is up there adding to the height and the mass of that building. Another just example <clears throat> is how we measure height. We look at the top of a flat roof or halfway of the pitched roof. So again, when we're talking about a 35 foot high building, it could theoretically with a pitched roof and or massive uh, utilities like uh, elevator shafts could theoretically get much higher. Um, that's the Uniontown Apartments, which is a three story building. So it's somewhere around uh, 35, 30 to 35 feet tall. So we start getting some height. So as staff, what we would recommend is that we take more public testimony and more discussion tonight 
and discuss it more. I think it needs a little more um, finessing and working with the code and how to achieve what the public wants, what the Riverfront Vision Plan says, what City Council has you know, requested, and what the Planning Commission sees as what they would like to see out of this. And I think a lot of the, the, the vision or the view of what we want may be there, but how we're trying to apply it just isn't getting us there. And so I would recommend that we discuss it more and give me more direction to, to try to come up with some better language. So I'm recommending, don't accept what I said in the packet. Yeah, I'll never. So I'm gonna go back to, to one of the maps so that we can kind of take a look at some of those as people are discussing. So does the commission have any quick questions for Planner Rosemary before we take some input from the audience? From the public? Anyone who might want to come? Anybody have? Alright, so we'll uh, open for comments from the audience if anyone wishes to make some. If you wish to speak, please come to the podium, state your name and address for the record. week about this issue and I thought what about an idea this is just throwing this idea out there that for for a particular lot let's say for everything that gets developed on that lot why couldn't we perhaps have uh, an equal amount left open just equal equal for so you know if it's 30 feet you can build 15 feet and have 15 you know not feet but something like that. It's just something I thought of that maybe something we could do something with that. And um, I also just wanted to make a comment too that, um, you know, I work with the public and I speak to people all the time from all over, from everywhere, Swanson, Longview, Napa, everywhere, all over. And it's overwhelming uh, how many people really don't want to see Heights development, seaside type development on the waterfront. It is so overwhelming. And I just feel that for those people, um, uh, I just feel like if you vote this thing through or go back to 48 feet or blah, 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 I really believe that you're not listening. And um, there's a lot of frustration out there with this issue, and it's a, a very, you know, potent issue. So that was my comment for today. Um, thank you. Uh, good evening, uh, commissioners and staff. I'm Phil Grillo. I'm here on behalf of uh, Astoria Warehouse. Um, I would agree with uh, uh, Rosemary's most recent comments that I think that there's more work yet to be done here. I know that this has been a long process already. Uh, so let me offer a few comments, and this is really specifically about the AW 
Kai's site. Um, and I'm going to focus specifically on what I'm going to call the 60-90 rule. If you'll let me call it that, it's easier to, to describe it that way. And I think, um, uh, Commissioner Moore, that was the idea that you had originally, and I think it kind of propagated through the Planning Commission, which is the um, 60 feet of U corridor and a limitation of up to 90 feet or 60% of the lot, depending on whatever is less, basically. And I'm going to call that the 60-90 rule because it has a break to it, sort of. Um, so, um, first point, I, I want, really want to make three points. First is, is that I think the 60-90 rule is really um, um, unreasonable as to the AWI site. And really what I wanted to do is, I think what you're experiencing now is ground truth this a little bit to the AWI site. Um, at least according to the, uh, county's GIS and my limited ability to operate it. Um, I think the frontage uh, along Marine Drive for AW, the AWI site is roughly 1,025 linear feet. So if you take the 60 feet of um, view corridor plus the 90 feet maximum of building width, that's 150 feet. If you divide um, 1,025 by 150, you get somewhere between 6 and 7, 6.8 or so, um, of these sets of view corridors and buildings. So you'd be talking about somewhere between 6 and 7 view corridors in that lineal space of, of over 1,000 feet. We think that um, is, is very difficult to do on this site. Um, and. Um, you know, what you end up with here, and you can see it on, on the map, um, and actually it might be better to look at, I'm looking at page eight, which is one of the sets of drawings that sort of um, shows that um, 6090 rule in the staff report. Um, this drawing is, I believe, unintentionally misleading. I think it's unintentional. <coughs> because this is a drawing that was adapted to, uh, that, that's already in the code, and I think Rosner is trying to adapt it to the situation we have here. But it's very misleading in that the 60-foot view corridor, if that's 60 feet, the building isn't gonna be as big as it shows in this drawing. It's gonna be quite small. And realize the depth, if you go back to the air photo that we were at, um, doesn't go back all that far because you've got the railroad, um, the trolley there, and then inbound from the trolley, you've got the, in essence, the bike pedestrian line. So what does that do? Well, it creates a number of unintended consequences, and let me just touch on it. First, it's, I think, uh, creates a significant deterrent rather than incentive to redevelop. So what you end up with is an incentive to keep the existing buildings there, not to redevelop, because it's going to be very difficult to redevelop into six or seven sets of smaller buildings. And these buildings have quite a long lifespan to them. So you're really creating a situation where you're creating a disincentive to do what you really want to do, is create some corridors. Secondly, um, it's, uh, it creates a significant limitation on parking and interior access. So it, I don't know if you've thought about this, but if you have these buildings that go back um, either to or almost to the trolley line, 
you're not going to be able to get around the backs of those buildings with vehicles. So what you're going to have to do is park in these um, view corridor spaces. So your view corridors are going to be parking lots serving these linear buildings. That's, it seems to be problematic to start with. Secondly, um, you're probably going to have to have curb cuts on the Highway 30, which is almost impossible to do. I don't think you're going to get um, too much sympathy with ODOT to create six or seven curb cuts. There's two, I think, there now. I doubt whether you'd get more. So there are real practical problems with doing that. And I also would say that it probably is going to discourage um, um, working waterfront type uses and housing uses um, because those types of uses want to be oriented towards the river, not linearly perpendicular uh, to it. So um, with those criticisms or comments in mind, what are the suggested fixes? Um, first, what I would suggest that you do is look at um, having the view corridors roughly align with the upland um, cross streets. So in this particular situation, you've got um, uh, Hume, Second, and then you uh, both of those are improved streets. And then you also have a uh, I believe a dedicated right-of-way for First Street that is not built. But ironically, if you go above, as, as I did, onto Bond Street, you'll see that there are actually view corridors, or there about view corridors, through the AWI site on each of those corridors. I think that's consistent with what you've done citywide. And I think that's um, an appropriate way to do this moving forward. Um, so um, uh, that's really my suggestion. I also would suggest that you want to be able to modify that through the plan district, at least for the AWI site, so that you can adjust those appropriately um, to, to meet really the demands of redeveloping the site. Otherwise, I think you're going to create a big incentive to not redevelop that site. And I'm not sure that's really what you're trying to do. Um, and finally, I would just say, um, you know, we would gladly participate in another sort of workshop where we can all sit down and kind of try and ground truth this. I think it's going to require that level of discussion here, especially for a site like the AWI site. So, uh, I want to be both critical and helpful at the same time, and if you've got any questions, um, please feel free to ask. Thank you, Mr. Graham. Thank you. Would anyone else like to comment? Uh, Elizabeth Manitray, 3849. Grant Avenue, and um, you've each received a packet of petitions. This is a new petition. There had been a previous petition of 400 signatures regarding the Fairfield Hotel. Uh, I also have 80 more signatures here. I uh, didn't make copies, so I'm just going to give it to Rosemary. So we have about 220 signatures. And it's a very simple petition. This one is basically that we would like heights to stay to 28 feet. I know there's going to be variances, but if we start at 28 and it goes up to 35, that's acceptable. 
Going back up to 45, after all the public comment, and this, what happened with the Fairfields seems very, well, a little ironic to me. I, I don't know how we got back to 45 feet after there's been so much comment and concern from the public and from the city council. Uh, I have also a concern, it also says no overwater development beyond bank height, beyond marinas, beyond water dependent. If it's a water dependent use, I don't have any problem with over the water. I don't have a problem with 45 feet if it's water dependent. I have no problem with that. I'm concerned about the variances for affordable housing is what exactly is that? Uh, how much of the, how many units in a building? Uh, what are the income levels? And importantly, why should there be a time limit? Why after 25 years could that building, now 45 feet, become all no affordable housing? Goodbye, you're out. It's 25 years, you're, goodbye. I don't see any reason for a length, uh, length of time limit on affordable housing. So we have to be really careful about that it's enough affordable housing. If you're going to go to 45 feet, we've got to really get a big bang for our buck for affordable housing. Uh, and I'm very concerned about the Port of Astoria's West Mooring Basin Plan District because uh, Hollander Hospitality has leasing into that land there. And he wants 45 feet. And I don't think he wants to build affordable housing. I don't know exactly what he wants to build there. But I sure think he wants to build something that starts with an H and ends with an L. I, I would be, it would be quite something if we end up back with Hollander being allowed to go out of a 45 feet hotel in that port planning area. So I think we have to really be careful about that planning area with heights. Very careful. Hollander has the land, he's leasing it, and he's waiting. All right, thank you very much. I'm going to give these petitions to Rosner. Thank you. Good evening, Commissioners. My name is Jim Knight. I'm here tonight as a private citizen. I live at 42041 Eddy Point Lane in, in Napa. I'm here to talk tonight about encouraging you to recommend the creation of a special district for a central waterfront. And the reasons are really pretty simple. As you're seeing this evening with Rosemary's report, this is really, really complicated. And it does need some work, and it does need more conversation, and I would tell you that it also needs a lot more community input to understand what is the needs of the community for this specific area of the port. And that specific area of the port is community property. It's community of Astoria. It's community of, of the county. It's the community of opportunities of which people can enjoy a part of our city uh, in, in ways that we're not currently doing. Commissions and staff obviously come and go. Um, what remains is a community that the elected officials are left behind to make decisions to reflect the interest of the entire community. What a, what a very difficult, hard job that is. I recognize it, how hard it is to discern what is the will of the people when you hear a variety of solutions and a variety of interests. 
I would tell you this is a rare opportunity to work collaboratively on a master plan with our community, similar to other districts, just like Uniontown. That process would be an in-depth planning process. It would be an in-depth visioning process. It would be a planning process with the port, with the port's tenants, with adjoining property owners, and with the, with the community at large. This process of the creation of a special district provides a much more robust strategy that addresses the relationships of cruise ships, tourism, uh, uh, businesses that already are operating. It addresses the needs for parking. It addresses the needs of a relationship with the Uniontown. It addresses the needs of an entrance from the cruise ship industry, if no other place, but what, what welcoming location, what better location could there be to welcome visitors from around the world when they walk off the ships and they're able to walk through a beautiful portion of our city? This, this strategy is a community that can create a beautiful gathering area for us year-round. It can, it can maintain and augment the views that we have that are so precious to us to see the river and to see all of the activity that happens. So I would highly recommend that this, that this commission does make its recommendations to the city council to allow a planning process which includes the master planning for this district. I appreciate this opportunity to speak tonight. Thank you very much. Any further comments? Um, Mike Sonsenbach, uh, 110 Kensington. I almost wasn't even going to come back here tonight because I've already said my piece, I think, on a couple of other occasions, but uh, sitting down having dinner with my son uh, this evening, and he's six. Um, He's like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go tell them what you think. He's like, what is the point of living here if you can't see the water? And I was like, you know, that is probably one of the main draws for people to live here, want to come here. Um, so, and then I started thinking about my work day and things that I've, I've gone through today. Um, um, for a living, I um, audit, uh, business owners and commercial um, insurance claims. Um, so it got me thinking, we're, I, I don't want to see us overcomplicate this, because that's where you start to see people being able to point to loopholes, come up with their own interpretations of language, and I think that's kind of where we got stuck in the whole Fairfield debacle. So I would like to see us create height limit at 28 feet, period, end of story, no exceptions or no leaving anything open to interpretation, whether it's affordable housing or not, or um, what's considered a parking garage versus you know, anything else, just, just 28 feet, period. And then along with that, um, you know, with the concern for us just building whales along the waterfront, if the original intention was 35 feet, three stories, 30,000 square feet, just shrink the size 
proportionally. So go to 20,000 square feet buildings. Um, I also would like to see us not consider these special plan districts. Uh, the Bridge Vista overlay was not designed to have special districts in it. Um, it's unnecessary and just overly complicates the code, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, I just really wanted to see it kept simple, straightforward. The less additional language we have in there, the less we're going to be sitting here debating what's the right interpretation or what's the wrong interpretation. So like I said, I, I would just like to see us kind of come back and just make keep everything as simple as possible. And that's all I got. Thank you. I Thank you, Mr. Susan. Thank you. Lori Durheim, 398 Atlantic Astoria. And I agree wholeheartedly with the person that talked before me. He said it all. And he said it very, very well and got it all in there. And uh, let's not make it complicated with this district and that district. Um, everyone lives here because we want, like his son said, we want to see the water. Yeah. Hello, my name is Susan Transu, and I live at 918172 apartment 16 in the story Oregon. And I am the Director of Operations for the Port of Astoria. And just to kind of give you a little bit of background, I've been in this community for almost three years and I absolutely, absolutely love it. I love views, I love everything about it. Um, but I also work for the Port and having worked for the Port, I see things in a different light than most people in the community. And what I'd like to share is basically, um, I think that there needs to be more discussion in regards to uh, what needs to happen and before a decision is made. Um, I do believe that the port should be considered a different, uh, separate district. And the reason I say that is because it is a county-owned business. And the commission is basically making a decision for the city where they really should take into consideration the county. And you're talking about other cities, Warrington, Seaside, that type of thing. And I think there needs to be more involvement in regards to uh, more community members being able to speak about what they feel is needed. Um, I do love this area, and I do love my job. I love what I do. But I do really believe at this point that there, there does need to be a special district for, for the part of Astoria so that we can develop with our business, other businesses and bring tourism and commerce into the community. Would anyone else like to comment? Chris Ferrar, 3023 Harrison Avenue, Astoria. Um, I kind of go with the uh, comments of the two speakers prior to the last one about keeping it simple. I think there's a lot of advantage to that. I'm kind of concerned that this process is taking so long because the longer it takes, the more chance there is that somebody's 
going to start an application for some project that then will come in under the current codes and we want to tighten the codes so we need to do it in a hurry and by doing it simply making it 28 feet across the board and keeping the mass small in proportion to that if somebody's got a large enough lot to run a great long building down toward the river and fit 30,000 square feet into it fine if it's two stories high and I wouldn't allow for superstructure above that to be not included in that height. So if you have big old air conditioning units or other equipment up there, then I don't think that should be considered not part of the height. It is the height. Um, it's a little hard to draw the line. If somebody has a flagpole up there, I'm not gonna freak out about it. So they can have a tall flagpole if they like. Uh, the other thing I'd say is I agree with one of the earlier speakers on over the uh, marine-oriented or water-oriented activities. I would give a lot more flexibility to a business that can show good cause for why their project requires a much taller height than 28 feet in order to carry out the activity that is water-related, something related to fishing or shipping, the like of that. Um, as far as the special districts, I'm not really in favor of them, although I think the argument the last speaker made about the port being really county property, it belongs to all 38,000 people in the county, in a sense, and they have a right to have input and they probably aren't very well represented here at city meetings. So I would just say that as far as those overriding height and mass limitations, it should apply across the whole blue area there on the map. And that if you want to have a special district within there, they can do special things, but they got to be all 28 feet, no higher, and no more than 30,000 square feet. If they want, if they've got some other ideas, then fine, they can do their own little plan. Um, I had one other point. Oh, it's not really something that this commission has decided to take up at this time, but I think it's very important. I don't think you should be having housing um, located right along the water in a tsunami zone. I don't think it's fair to residents. And um, I think in the end, we're really going to be unhappy if there's ever a tsunami here and we have a lot of people living there. And for that reason, I think that uh, the allowable uses should not include hotels at all in that blue area. The just existing ones can stay, of course, but no more hotels. We don't need them. There's too much traffic. They draw great crowds of traffic. Other kinds of businesses operating down there wouldn't be operating for the most part in the deep dark of night, whereas residents or hotel stayers would be fast asleep. And if a tsunami hits then, it'll be one big mess and a lot of people will die and it'll just show that this community was irresponsible by allowing that. So those are my comments. I appreciate you listening. And I hope you can wrap this up very quickly.
My name for the record is Ted Thomas. I live at 398 Atlantic. I heard it referred to that a special district is a business. Point of clarification, it is not a business, it is a government. And the reason why that's an important clarification is because governments are exempt from antitrust laws. Businesses are subject to them. The opportunity for real estate development and collusion when you have a special district is enormous. Please consider that. Would anyone else like to comment? Uh, my name is Dorothy Olson, 127 Washington Street. I just kind of want to agree with a couple of things that have been said. Definitely, you know, no, you know, keep it simple. You know, like the 28 feet, you know, that's, I live in that area. I like to be able to see over, you know, the buildings that are there already. Um, and I agree with that, you know, we definitely need more affordable housing. Um, you know, it would be quick in a tsunami, it would probably go right in there into the water, you know, so at least be quick. But I mean, it, it, we, we would need, we need, we need affordable housing very much so. So I hope you would, you know, consider that anywhere. Um, but yeah, I think keeping restaurants and keeping businesses uh, along the water there probably would be a better idea. Unless it was actually like low income subsidized section eight housing. Thank you. Any further comments? All right, we will close public comments. President Moore, can I ask um, if we're going to discuss and still come back with a revised document that we keep the public hearing open so that we don't have to re advertise? I will reopen the public hearing. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we've been chit chatting for an hour here. Uh, I'd like to take a five minute break. And when we return, we'll continue our discussion. We are breaking at 7.38 p.m.
reduced height may still block views because 28 feet for the full width, so that still may not resolve what people really want. Um, the one comment on a planned district versus a special district, and I want to make sure that it's clear we're talking about planned district, which is a land use tool for development and not a special district when it comes into taxing or legislation and all of that. So I want to make sure this is strictly land use type district and not a, a what you know of as a special district like sewer districts or fire districts or something. Because that, that, you know, I've heard other people get that one confused. So we're just talking about land use issues. Thank you. So, would the commission like to uh, deliberate and talk about our next steps here? Who would like to get started? I can start. Commissioner Henry speaking here. Um, so, I still feel pretty strongly, um, based on community input, that we should have a 28-foot height limit in the bridge vista overlay. I also still believe that we should have two exceptions, um, one being water-dependent uses only, not water-related uses, uh, water-dependent uses. And I, I, I am leaning toward um, an exception of up to 35 feet for affordable housing. A point of clarification, I, I thought this was clear before, but maybe not was that anything over 28 feet would be 100% affordable housing. I agree there should be no time limit on that. And I also agree it's not safe, uh, it's not safe in a tsunami inundation zone. Um, I think that a lot of the public isn't educated on um, tsunami danger and on evacuation protocols and on emergency preparedness and it's um, not in the best interest of the public for their health, safety, and welfare to have housing in a tsunami inundation zone. So I'll add that in as a caveat. Um, okay, moving on. So the special districts, it's my understanding that special districts um, are required to follow all basic zoning codes unless they obtain a master plan that is approved by the Community Development Department, Planning Commission, City Council. So I feel like the special districts are actually pretty safe. And I do still believe that we need special districts for the port and for Astoria Warehousing. I think that Astoria Warehousing presents a lot of challenges with building massing, and therefore we might want to look at some other creative solutions and a master plan would be required in order to be able to work through those very detailed problem solving that will go into that. And the port is, uh, is a very unique site as well and I feel like it is also worthy of a, of a special district because it's such a large site and um, the whole thing is water related and maybe not all water dependent but at least water related and I still feel that the master plan process allows enough public input and enough careful consideration of every component that it's still a safe way to, to get what the community wants out of that, that district. Um, and then I'm still grappling a little bit with massing and how to deal with providing view corridors um, with, you know, 
some of these lots that are long in the east-west orientation and how to how to solve this building mass and problems so i'm not going to propose anything there um, and i'd like to just clarify that um, you know i'm talking about the 28 foot height limit i'm talking about the special districts if anyone wants an exception they can apply for a conditional use or a variance correct an exception is a variance not a conditional use so okay so but how you write the code because at some points we have in here that they can't ask for a variance. Yeah. So you need to determine whether you're going to allow them and if you're going to limit variances to a certain rate. Okay. So that might, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate things either. I feel like um, that's really important. It's it's important to be specific. So there's a fine line between being specific enough and then adding tons of caveats and tons of uh, subsections and, and getting things really um, to put really confusing. And I agree that we need to move forward, but I think that, um, you know, we might regret it later if we rush through this process and we don't take the time to make sure we do a really good job. So those are my initial thoughts. Thank you for your well-organized thoughts. <laughs> Commissioner Corcoran, why don't you share your thoughts? Okay, so what I've learned this evening is we have three main sort of areas within this zone, two of which are large enough to warrant some special planning unit development in them. And the one that's left up standing that could be applied to what we're talking about and apply the, what seemed like such good thinking before, um, but now with the reality of the parcels and the location creates our former good idea and the only place we can apply it to be somewhat challenging. So I think it is proper to step back and without any undue delay, clarify what needs to be uh, clarified here. Um, with regard to the two planned units, the port is a publicly owned parcel. I expect that to remain contiguous through time. I have a question about the Astoria warehousing that's currently a big parcel and is causing us grief as far as how to deal with big parcels that can have big buildings on them. If the parcel were smaller, it might the possibility that they could be sold tomorrow and split up into a different dimension, and might that not influence our thinking about that kind of development? I don't know. So um, that's another bit of conversation I think we need to clarify. Um, I go back and forth of insanity with talking about the tsunami inundation zone, and here I am formally proposing to provide incentives to put low-income people who research shows are the least prepared for hazards in one of our hazard zones. It's, it's not like on the beachfront hazard zone, but it is absolutely a legitimate hazard zone that has not been adopted by this body or the city council and for which we cannot use as considerations in all of these development decisions. So there's a lot of sort of uh, language out there that isn't adopted that would be helpful for guidance. And so that's another piece uh, that I think I want to reconsider about incentivizing any low-income housing in this particular zone. Uh, with, and that also circles back to the 25%. Now, it was in regard to a question about the percentages. 25% of the units would be low-income housing with that 25-year sunset clause. And I guess that did flag me as well. Is that standard procedures, or where did the 25% and 25 years come from? The 25% was just something that we've seen other cities do. The 25 years is a typical one that you will see if they're, if they're going to put restrictions on a property use, um, such as uh, 
some that the John Jay Craster Hotel was an example. They had uh, to have affordable housing for 25 years, and then they got extensions on some of their loans, so that got extended. So 25 is, it's seen a lot now, but it's not the end all. I mean, it's, you don't have to go to 25. Like sometimes things are based on 30-year mortgages as a reasonable decision time. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Some sense to me, but I was reminded that I had a flag on that as well. I think those are my only comments about uh, wanting to, with you know, all due speed, clarify these. And for me, the essential thing is view and relationship to the river. And I've heard 28 feet, and yet we've also heard that depending on the parcel size, that gets you what you don't want. And so we need to think more creatively in the space that we have to wiggle with, which I see is at least one out of the three areas how to make that work so when you walk by it feels right. That's all my comments. Thank you. Commissioner Price. Thank, thank you. Um, let me ask Ms. Johnson first in your conversations with, um, I, think, I think it was Nathan Crater that you were talking with that you kind of discovered this anomaly that we wouldn't have the view corridors that we were looking for. It was uh, Matt, oh, Matt Hasty. Did, did you Kids come up with a, an idea that you could pass along to them? <laughs> no? <laughs> just, um, just making sure you didn't have some in your pocket. There. No, and if I had, that's what I would have tried to get. And, okay. You know, I was trying to come up with ideas, and that's where I came up with the idea for the pedestrian oriented to change that because that was a problem. But we're really stopped at how to achieve both goals, yeah. the development goal and the the citizen. So at this point, I don't have something to recommend yet. Well, your your few slides there really illustrated, you know, sort of the, the things that were going on in my head that I was unable to illustrate so well. You know, um, the we're talking about this area because we basically we had two charges from. Uh, the council and uh, after the Fairfield debacle. And one was to clean up the language in the Bridge Vista overlay area and, and in other parts of the code as well. And we've done that, uh, I think, very well so far. And that's, uh, I think the council has already passed, we've passed that to the council and they've adopted that. The language. Riverfront Vision Plan had the public hearing and first reading Monday night. And on July 1st, we'll have the second reading and possible adoption. So this, so the set, so we've we've taken care of that, and that was uh, a lot of tough work and really good work. And, and the, so the second one was to lower the height to 28 feet, and that's when we kind of got stuck because we were looking at 28 feet and we're thinking we're going to create whales as we call them. So I I really um, I I guess at this point here's where I'm at now. I I did enjoy um, President. Moore's, acting president, Moore's, uh, 6090, it made sense, it made a certain sense. It still makes a certain sense, but it does get complicated. I wonder if we can't simply fulfill what the council has asked us to do. I ask your opinion about this, how this would work, and agree to a 28-foot height limit, variances to 35 feet for electrical equipment or an elevator shaft, or if you have, um, if it's a water-dependent uh, 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 business yes. use, um, and in which case perhaps you could even go a little bit higher to add the mechanical equipment, et cetera. 
So we keep it, we do keep it simple, we do that. If council wants us to go forward, let them say that. And then I really think that we need to have a work session with council and with staff and talk about this. And preferably during the day where we don't start at seven o'clock at night and try to sit around and figure this out when we're tired and we're wondering who wants what. I think that we, the, the only thing that we do know is I do believe we know what Astorians want. I don't think, I mean, we've been hearing it for 10, 11 years minimum at council, at planning commission, at, at design review, at historic landmarks. Limited development along the Riverwalk. So, and we know that we have some business owners who don't want that. But, so we know what the players want. What we don't really know is quite how to do it. And um, so, Again, I just would really recommend that tonight, if unless it creates other um, complexities, could we not agree on 28 feet and just send, get that done? And then if we want to look at master plans and uh, special creative districts, if we want to do or this or that. Also, we need to have a conversation, the Planning Commission does, I think with council and with staff and with other consultants because we should be looking at this in the context of what's going on with Uniontown Reborn and with the ODOT changes that are coming to West Marine Drive. There's a whole plan coming down the pipe that at this point is kind of uncoordinated and I think that you know, there's a lot of money from the state, money from the city, uh, and a lot of resources, human resources and time being put into this effort that, with the idea of changing this area for decades. And really, we should be looking at in context, and we're not. And doing it piecemeal, we'll come out with an okay project because we're well-meaning people and we've got good staff, but we can do better. We can really, we have an opportunity now to really recreate the West End of Astoria in, in a way that suits, not everybody. You know, I was at some meeting and the mayor of uh, Hood River, they had uh, early on all these kinds of problems with affordable housing and investors coming in and short-term rentals and all that. And he said the way that they found it through was to piss everybody off. Because you take a little chunk here, a little chunk there, a little chunk there, and if you do it in coordination with everyone, you can come up with a really good, vital, successful city. And so that's what I'd like to see us do. Thank you, Commissioner Price. Commissioner Cameron Levin, what do you have to add? Um, I have a question for Rosemary. Um, is your sense that, so concerning the whale issue, um, what is your um, opinion on the idea of having like 28 feet and a 20,000 square foot um, size limitation from the work that you and Matt have done in looking at actual parcels? Um, is that something that you have a sense that it would kind of get us closer to where we wanted to? Or is a like kind of a lot coverage percentage maybe more useful? Yeah, the 20, uh, 28 feet with a 20,000 square foot would be quite limiting. Mm -hmm. And as you said, it's the way I'm not sure it's going to get what anybody wants because a 28 foot wide building, the full length, 
is going to block views. Mm -hmm. um, the 28 foot with 20,000 will also probably make any kind of development not financially feasible. Mm -hmm. So if you make it too small, you are literally zoning it so that it can't be developed. So you have to, <coughs> excuse me, balance that so that it's at least financially feasible to do some development. Mm -hmm. um, you can look at uses, you could look at different areas of <coughs> maybe the concept of the north-south buildings on the history of warehouse and site would work, but on the court area it may not. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I'm not sure just saying 28 feet without some other limitations is going to get us where anybody wants to be. Um, and from your looking at the actual lots, does doing something like a 60% uh, like lot coverage doing better? Uh, if you do the 60% lot coverage, again, you're going to get buildings uh, that, aren't lining up. that aren't lined up because of the fact that the way the lots are situated here, you have lots in front of each other, so you're not going to get the view through from West Marine Drive. And maybe that's what we need to just resolve ourselves with, is that the area from the Megler Bridge to the port, you're not going to get views from West Marine Drive and just come to that conclusion and focus more on from the river trail north and from the bridge east, mm -hmm. where you do have lots that go out to the river. I mean, there's all kinds of things. That's where a work session, you can start looking at playing with some of these concepts and ideas. Mm -hmm. At this point, there's just so many options and ways to go that will work for one area, but not for another. Uh, I have been comparing this with the Uniontown Reborn to make sure that things are cohesive. And that's where we found some of this inconsistencies that we had to work out also, was making sure that they, those were coordinated. Okay, thank you. Did that answer? Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> um, um, I think I really appreciate um, Commissioner Price's suggestion um, in the, as, a, as kind of a good, um, you know, kind of immediate solution that then um, leaves open the, the leaves us open to getting direction from the city council to um, you know, think more differently about some of these issues. Um, if there's not anything that's kind of obviously better than you know um, twenty thousand square feet or thirty thousand square feet, I'm fine to kind of leave it as you've had it and just talk about twenty eight feet, um, which then would have to be on land and uh, over water. Um, I'm fine also with variances of 35 feet for water-dependent uses. I appreciate um, Commissioner Henry's um, specification on that, that water-dependent is maybe more important to support than water-related. Um, and then also listening to Commissioner Henry and Commissioner Corcoran, um, you know, I think that, you know, maybe we shouldn't be incentivizing, you know, affordable housing here. That would also be one more way to keep it simple, to not have this exception there. Um, with the reality that it might not be a likely thing that, that, that can happen and look for other ways to support that goal. Um, I, would, I would also support keeping the Astoria Warehousing um, plan district, but not necessarily the port. Um, I think that it's such a big area that's you know, kind of part of all these other conversations. I think it should stay part of the um, bridge vista overlay 
Um, and the kind, I mean, from as a downtown business owner, um, I just what we hear from the port is about supporting tourism, and especially anything about the cruise ships. I just, as a downtown business owner, I really don't see how the economic benefit of the cruise ships um, offsets the environmental disaster that those things are. And so, if that's kind of where the energy is, that's not something that I think. Um, I want to support, and so I'd rather have this area still be part of the, the bridge, bridge vista overlay. Thank you, Commissioner Cameron Lack. <clears throat> so I will make some comments as well. Uh, I'm, I still support the plan districts for both the uh, warehousing and the port. I think these large parcels. Um, could pose a great opportunity for a development that is approved by the community and a special plan district would need to be approved through multiple public hearings and through this commission and through the city council before anything went through so I don't it's not a, an open blank check for the port or Astoria warehousing to do whatever they want it is an opportunity for them to create something um, in a large area, uh, something unique and interesting, but still allows um, the public to tell them to get lost if we don't like it. Uh, I still can't wrap my head around how, um, how the heights are a problem, because when I'm driving by the warehousing, the 20 foot tall, 28 foot tall warehousing buildings, I can't see the river. Um, I can't see it when I drive by the 30 foot or the 35 foot tall building either. So for me, the heights aren't and haven't ever been the concerns. It's the, a building in the way of the river. And it doesn't matter how tall it is, whether it's one story. I stood in front of the Baked Alaska little garbage thing, and it's seven feet tall, and I couldn't see the river. And I'm a pretty tall guy. Um, so, I really still don't believe that the 28-foot thing is really an issue. The, the problem is long buildings that block the river. So, I'm not really on board, although I do respect that it sounds like the Commission is interested in pursuing a, uh, uh, just implementing a 28-foot height. Um, one thing I, I would ask is, although this isn't part of this particular application that's in front of us, we, we do have the option to limit uses. So if, if we want to recommend um, that hotels and motels are not an allowed use in Bridge Vista, then that's certainly within you know, our power as a commission to make that recommendation to council. So um, the public seems to have been very badly triggered by one hotel development and <clears throat> is focused on, on heights, I think probably because that's something material they can wrap their heads around, but again, I think the real issue with being able to see the river is being able to see the river, and that is not having a long building blocking the river. And the original, the original goal for the 9060 plan, which is, I prefer to put the big number first. Um, the 9060 plan was to create corridors to see the river. Um, 
And it's right that it, it, it appears to work better in the large parcels uh, on the east end of Bridge Vista, but obviously falls apart in the smaller parcels and the large parcels could also you know, be adjusted into small parcels at any time. So that um, probably doesn't work out. But the, the kind of the side goal of the 9060 plan was to disincentivize buildings running parallel to the river, which is a common use for hotels, so that everyone out there can see the, in the, in the hotel can see the river. So is, I mean, is the use, is this something that planning commission would, or fellow commissioners would consider tackling? I mean, is this I'd weigh in on that as being something central to a work session about focusing on use. I think I would be more comfortable this evening leaving with a, uh, I don't know, a time definite moratorium or something that would prevent the immediate hotel going in while we do some workshopping around other ways to address the issue. So I would rather con consider looking at that use limitation and not put it at 28 feet at this point. I'd rather do that. So I'd rather Just to clarify, you'd rather tackle a use tonight, for example, as a short, as a quick fix, so to speak, or height tonight? Which which would you like to talk about in a work session? I think uh, I think the, the use prohibition would address the public's concerns about having a do-over again while we're thinking about the perfect thing to do. Um, I don't think that uh, between now and then that a development other than that is likely to threaten our conversations in a work session. So for me personally, rather than 28, I would put that in a prohibited use um, as you brought up as an idea. I don't know the complexity of that. I'm just saying it's a new form of consideration other than height and mass that gives us um, some wiggle room on procedure. Okay, procedurally, it can be part of this. You can't do a moratorium, though that would not be legal. But if you want to change the code, you could add that into what we're discussing here. And it's still up for public discussion and public review. So you could add a limitation to the use in your proposal. Well, I'll hesitate to do that now, but I'm intrigued by that idea. I'm looking for further conversation about that. That's the first time we've engaged in that use prohibition in the context of height and massing and, and that kind of thing. It seems significant. Can I ask a question of staff related to that? Of course. Um, could we make hotels a conditional use so that they're not an outright use? Is that already, I can't remember. I can't remember what they are. I'd have to look, they may be outright use. I think they are. The area. I think yeah. they are. So, so you could move it to a conditional use, but the conditional use, as long as they meet the criteria, you have to approve it, and the criteria is as you saw on some of these uh, issues tonight, it's the same criteria. Yeah. So a view corridor and blocking views of the river would not be a criteria. Yeah. Commissioner Price, did you, you still could do that. Did you have any thoughts about talking about uses? Well, I, I get, I can't 
Sorry. Take, you can take a moment to collect your thoughts. Thank you. Yes, they're not fully collected, okay. so I'll just say this: that um, I think either uh, prohibiting hotels or a 28-foot height limit. If we could do one or the other tonight, I see that the uh, it's, it's, um, I've seen on Facebook that the council plans to take up whatever we do here tonight at their August meeting, one, one of the August meetings, so we're already looking at, you know, six to eight weeks or so out. Um, but if we, if I would be willing to do one or the other of those, um, and as sort of a stopgap, basically, in lieu of a moratorium, which I... Backwards, or Yeah, which I learned previously what I can't do. Um, but, uh, if, if we can also ensure that we're going to have a work session, and I think, again, it's in combination with council, sometime in between now and then, so that we can really hammer more of these things out, um, because this is going on. Um, I would um, also be happy to have a conversation about uses. I would like that to be a later work session. Um, I also would like to do some more research on um, a city that I've heard about that um, found a way, it was specifically about grocery stores they were con concerned with, but they were able to make a rule that um, any like chain company that had more than eight locations could not have a location in their town. And I think that something like that might address some of the concerns that we have. I think we all have, you know, interesting downtown hotels that are like creative adaptive reuses that are local companies that we all feel better about so i wouldn't mind doing some more like research and looking up kind of what that that code looks like so for that reason i'd be interested in having a, that as kind of a work session or something um and uh, yeah as far as getting um <coughs> done tonight i'm still wondering what kind of a, if we can do something besides the the, the 20 it sounds like we're most, like there's enough consensus among these five commissioners about um, if we have you know have the 28 feet and these two planning uh, plan districts, um, that seems to be the consensus. Then that I think kind of you know maybe um, gets us there as far as having something in place for these two small areas that are affected by that and the overwater areas, and then kind of put a pin in those you know bigger discussions of those two bigger parcels of land. Um, that might be. Um, I think a good place for, for our work today, although I'll ask Rosemary one more time, um, <laughs> whether, like, your impression of, like, the 28 feet limitation and if that was in conjunction with, like, a 90 foot wide, um, like, kind of an orientation thing, is it still not going to get us there? We could, I could still look at, you know, doing something like that as long as you understand that doing that width is not going to do you any good along the west mm -hmm. side of the Mangler Bridge. Mm -hmm. But it would affect that that parcel, the parcel to the, the east. east. Yeah. yeah. So you have a great idea for one parcel. May I, just speak, may I just speak to the master plan idea because I don't think I ever did. I, I really, I don't think that we need master plans for these two areas. I think that, you know, we'll have, wind up having three overlays in some cases, and perhaps more once we get down to really looking at what Uniontown Reborn is going to be doing. Um, I, I think we're making assumptions about, um, I think we're prognosticating about some things that we don't know about, 
And I, I think that we can, you know, what we want to do is create a vision for the west side of Astoria. And, and if master plan, and you know, if the port wants to come in and have a master plan based on the criteria that we've set down, well, more power to them. But to just to leave it undone. Uh, and also with Astoria Warehousing, I mean, there's, you know, all kinds of stories about, out about what Astoria Warehousing is or is not going to do. Um, we, we're basically eliminating, I don't know, looks like 80% of the entire area if we do that. Um, so I really think that we're better off um, either tonight or at some future time settling on a vision for this area and just leaving it at that and, and, and let all entities comport with that vision. Thank you. I would remind Commissioner Price that the special plan districts aren't an exclusion from the rest of the zoning requirements. So anything that, that we implemented would apply unless a special plan district was approved that was different. I mean, that why, why, that's, leave, that's why, why leave, leave all that hanging out there? Why not just say, this is, this is, this is what we want? This is what we want for the city. Okay, I just want to, know. I want to clarify make that. Make it happen within these, okay. within this, uh, these limits. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah, the, no, the, I they are still subject to whatever I hear you. You know, is enacted. But, but you're just going to wind up with, you know, just leaving things hanging and coming back and wanting this and wanting to well, say, well, they won't get any variances or any anything um, that varies from the code unless they develop, unless they get an approval. So they're, they're, they are stuck unless, unless they've got something really compelling to, that the community buys into. I mean, the Astoria Warehousing, you just, it's just this wall between Marine Drive and the river. It's so odd. All of a sudden you're like, where's the river? For a long time. It's, it's a, it's a, so to, um, to be able to redevelop that property a big opportunity, but we're probably not going to get any developers in there to redevelop it if if it's constrained by the, the code we're putting down because of the building massing uh, or the, the because of how big the building would be um, limited by the lot size and everything. It wouldn't be financially viable to to redevelop such a large lot when you're stuck with such a small building size. Well, again, we don't know that that, that lot could be divided into several different mm -hmm. lots, and then what? I mean, you know, I, I still think that if we are really do think about this more and are thoughtful about 28 feet, 90, 60, some gross, that, that, you know, architects can do all kinds of good things within the um, bounds of, of uh, all kinds of restrictions, look around the country and see what other small, particularly water-related, water-related cities have done to keep development um, at a minimum, but create very robust, beautiful towns. So it's, that's it's, just my opinion. It sounds like the majority of the commission tonight would be interested in pursuing a 28-foot height limit. Is that correct? Yes. And to touch on some more details of that, um, let's do some straw polls so we can give Planner Johnson some direction here. 
so it's the, the base height, if you will, for the BVO, the Bridge Vista overlay, would be 28 feet. Is that, do you agree with that, Commissioner Corcoran? I agree with that. Commissioner Price? Yes, thank you. Commissioner Cameron O'Leary? Yes. Commissioner Henry? Yes, absolutely. Commissioner Corcoran, would you uh, like any variances for any reason and up to what height? Uh, yes, uh, as summarized uh, by Commissioner Henry, as far as water dependent variances to 35 plus feet. And is that water dependent over land or over water or over anywhere? And just water dependent uses. Correct. Commissioner Price? Yes. Agreed. 35 feet for water dependent uses only. Also agree. Great. Commissioner Henry? I also agree with that. So, um, Planner Johnson, how would you like us to form a motion? to enact a 28-foot base height with a variance to 35 feet for water-dependent uses in the BBO that would allow us, the Planning Commission, to potentially move into a work session to discuss the remainder of this application. I need to clarify, are you thinking to break this amendment? We're looking for a C. We're looking for a C. <laughs> And proceed with the 28 max 35 as the only thing moving forward, and the rest just continuing in this work sessions. It sounded to me like that's where the commission was leaning. Okay, and the plan districts would not be part of it right now. They would be moving on for the work sessions. Uh, let me and, uh, let me do a quick straw poll on that too. Okay, if you don't and then mind. the other question would be. Uh, with this 28 foot, would we be looking at, um, let me check everything we were doing here, the size of the building, any percentages or square footages? Uh, I would, I'm going to guess that no, but um, let's, let's do a quick poll. Commissioner uh, Price, do you have any thoughts on, and um, let me, on the plan districts? And on massing, did you want to move forward with massing tonight, or would you like to move that to a work session? I was going to ask you if you are still interested in the 9060 at 28 feet. Uh, I'm not so interested not in the 9060. You're not anymore, interested no, in the 9060 yeah, anymore, right? Because the height is too low. Because it's impractical. Okay. In application. So Commissioner Price, did you have thoughts on the plan districts and building massing? I'm, I'm for waiting on plan districts until work session and on massing, I still like the 9060. Commissioner Corcoran? I'm fine with uh, discussing both more thoroughly about the plan districts as well as massing at the work session tonight with 28 feet. That's satisfaction for me. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Cameron Lennon. Um, I think Commissioner Henry convinced me that um, we can keep the plan districts and um, and um, 
Yeah, let's let, let those be a later conversation. It seems to okay. me that that's the, the way we really want to address that complexity. So plan districts in a later potential work session. I'd be happy to move them to, to decide on plan, on plan districts today. On plan districts today. And yeah. what would you decide? Uh, to, to keep them. You, you're in favor of them. And what about building massing? Would you like to talk to move on that tonight or talk about that later? Um, I'm fine with that. Commissioner Henry. Okay. Um, 28 feet, yes, I've said that. Um, I know that over water, a lot of the community has said uh, limit it to the bank. So I was kind of thinking more on land, the 28 feet. So um, maybe we can come back to over water just to make sure we're all in agreement that we're talking about on land and over water in the non-restricted area, non-limitation non areas. Um, because, you know, looking at that bridge vista overlay, the non-limitation areas, or most of it. These red dotted lines are the limitation areas, right? Yeah. So I want to make sure that doesn't slip through the cracks. Um, so I would be happy to decide on land tonight that it's 28 feet, 35 feet for water dependent. Um, and, but that would be a variance, right? Not automatic. Is it automatic? That's what we have to decide. That's what we have to decide. Okay, so we need to just tie that up. And then, um, the special districts, I just think that there should be special districts, and I think we should decide that tonight. Um, the, the master planning process, so I'm on the technical advisory committee for the Union Town of Porn master plan project. And it is very lengthy, very involved, tons of public meetings, consultants, public, city staff, everybody is weighing in. It's hard to get an approved master plan. And it is just like this process and in terms of public involvement and the rigor that goes through coming up with an approvable master plan. So I feel very safe putting these into special districts. I think that helps us to make decisions now and not have to solve these weird massing and like tons of over water, water dependent uses problems right now. And, and that's one of the ways to simplify the code is to create these, these um, special districts. So I'm, I'm, I'm for it, um, especially for a story where housing. Um, but if we, if, we, if we just solve the special districts and we just say we're gonna do it tonight and we solve the height limitations and we say we're gonna do that tonight, the, the only thing that's left to grapple with is the massing and- And, and potential uses. Potential that, uses, yeah. So, and I hate to defer to another work session, but I have to admit, I have I've struggled in the last three work sessions we have. This is my most tired time of day. It's like eight thirty. Um, it's been a long for most of us. We work. It's been a very long day already. We've had you know other items, agenda items that we've had to deal with, and being able to come to a work session like fresh um, would make a huge difference, probably for all of us. So. As much as I hesitate to put it off, it's probably actually the, the right thing to do. So you're in favor of the plan districts. You'd like to move building massing and put in uses to a later discussion. So among, uh, I'm in, fan, in favor of the plan districts, as I stated already. So it seems to me that among the commission here, we have three in favor of the plan districts, which would be a majority. We have uh, four in favor of the height restrictions, which would be a majority. So would, would one of um, either, would you be able to identify which sections we would, as we did in the last one, when you asked for, a, when we asked for a motion? 
Yeah, we don't need a motion for all of this. Again, this is just direction, strong vote okay. for me to try to draft something based on what you just said. So we don't need any votes. We don't need any motions tonight, so we'll just continue this. Um, so again. what I heard, I'm going to prepare a very basic code amendment that addresses the 28 foot or 35 foot uh, water dependent only. Uh, we're going to look at that being a variance, not an exception. And I want to, I don't want to say caution, but I want to make sure that you're aware that with a variance, they have to meet the criteria. And one of the criteria is that there's a hardship. And that's always hard to grant. So if it's a water-dependent feature or a water-dependent use, do you want it as an exception without a variance or do you want a variance? Great, great. Okay. One more straw poll, Commissioner Corcoran. Not experience. Exception, Commissioner Price. Exception. Exception. Yeah. Okay. I would love to have a water use come before us. Don't do that. Okay. Then the second part of it is I will proceed with a basic plan district process that you'll review to go proceed. And then discussion about massing, square footage, potential use prohibit would come in a work session for you to discuss later. So with that, what I might suggest is let's have the things that you're sending me forward with close out this amendment. And then the massing and the use become a new amendment so that we don't have things still splitting, you know, exponentially. So, so this, if we, we this continue, if we continue this, then we'll come back with a new amendment that is just those issues. Right. And then, start a session, that will be a whole new amendment, okay. uh, rather than trying to address it as a split. And this way we can, we can leave the public hearing open without confusion about the where the work session goes and right so right now we'll have public hearing will remain open mm -hmm. i will do a draft on those basic issues bring it back to your next meeting you will have the public hearing and vote on that portion and mass and use are no longer on the table until we have a work session mr price thank you um commissioner henry brought up an important point which is the differentiation between overland and, and overwater development. And I agree with um, what she said, and so you might want to have a, another straw poll. Um, Commissioner Henry uh, was for uh, limiting to bank height throughout the BBO, is that correct? Except for, with, uh, with an exception for water dependent use. Um. I don't know. I'd like to, I could probably decide tonight. I'd like to hear what other people think. Um, I just think that the, the parcels over water are pretty big in this area, and the percentage of um, use limitation areas. Yeah. Well, I, I very much agree. areas I, yeah. is very small, and if you fill up these parcels with um, two-story buildings, it's going, it's not going to be the bridge vista overlay. <laughs> I mean, the, the definition of vista is a view. So, um, well, I appreciate you, you bringing that up, and I agree with you. So, perhaps, um, 
President, you'd like to have another strong poll on. I'd like to just, before you do that, let me remind you that in the code right now, this exists for over water. They do have to have a maximum of 150 feet. If they're 300 feet out from the shore, if they're 200 feet out, they can be, I can't remember, I can't read all the numbers, but they have to have a 40 foot view corridor. So we're talking about out from the shore, not up against the shore, and they did have new quarters and limitations. So your overwater does have that in the code now. Right, this, this is where the 9060 came from. It's right. The restrictions yeah, I understand. But uh, you know where this came from is that in the very first Riverfront Vision Plan meeting, that it was asked, is there anything that's been developed that you like? And we all went, well, we love the Cannery Pier Hotel. And so all of a sudden, well, let's have a bunch of Cannery Pier Hotels out there. We'll just put it, it'll be great. And so, uh, but everybody kind of went, no, or most everybody. So okay, we'll do a, a quick poll. Commissioner, yes. Um, for reference for the Cannery Pier, do you know how far that is from the? I think it's like 400. Okay, so it's a lot longer than what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so what you could do is at this point, with the 28 foot, with the 35 for waterfront attendant, also apply to the non-limitation areas in the over water. That's what we're asking. <laughs> so what I'm suggesting is nothing over bank height. Mm -hmm unless it is water dependent, and then it could go to 35, 28, 35. Over the water now? Over, over water. Commissioner Corcoran, so the question we're asking is, would you like to create new limitation areas in the Bridge Vista overlay over the water where there currently aren't limitation areas or I should say where they are currently non-limitation areas. The limitation would be no development over bank height unless it is a water-dependent development. And water-dependent would not include the Cannery Pier Hotel if it were to come up today, is correct. that correct? correct? We're talking fishing infrastructure and things like that. I am okay with having that be 35 feet over water for a water-dependent defined use. And you would like to limit current non-limitation areas to bank height development? Current non-limitation areas, I'm okay having water-dependent uses over the water. The question so is, are you okay with non-water-dependent uses being built up to 28 feet in non-limitation areas? No. So, your bank height development in non-limitation areas unless, in current non-limitation areas, unless, so, so currently, if you look at the graphic, yeah. the red dashed areas are limitation areas Correct. where you can only do bank height development. Correct. The blue areas are non-limitation areas where you can build up to yeah. whatever the base height is. Currently, you could build whatever you want, well, within the allowed uses yes. to 28 feet. Yes. So the question is, and this is for everyone, um, would you like, the blue areas become red hashed areas, but allow water dependent uses in the blue areas and potentially in the red hashed areas as well. Is there uh, is there a way to uh, keep the red hashed areas red hashed areas? Yes, and we can do whatever we want. Yes, and include everything as a red hashed area 
uh, with the exception of water dependent uses. So even a, well, hmm, okay, so we're getting, okay, so. Uh, so let's talk about the limitation areas versus the non-limitation. The limitation areas stay as they are. They're the red yeah, areas. Got it. And then the non-limitation areas are, are the ones that we're talking about. Bank height only unless it's water dependent and then up to 28 or 35. Yes, I'm fine with that. Bank height only unless it's water dependent. And Mr. Price, Mr. Price, what do you think? I agree with that. Commissioner Cameron Laddick. Um, I also agree with that. I want to make sure that this will this applies to new development. So if the Cannery Pier burned down, we could rebuild it. Um, and I think I think yeah, I agree with this, and I think that it's going to be. Um, it just reminds me of, of the conversations that we had with the urban core, and part of the reason that we were so concerned about the view areas in the urban core is because we didn't have them preserved in Bridge Vista, which is where it seemed like they should be. that um, the Bridge Vista is a really special district because you have that view out to sea and when you have buildings set even farther out from the bank, they actually block the view even more, that particular view. So I believe that this is an area that should be limited to 28 feet for water dependent uses only, otherwise it's bank height. And in the limitation areas, it's bank height. Period. So 28 feet for water dependent or 35 feet? 20, oh, sorry. I guess it's 28 feet with the except. No, it's just 35 feet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 35 feet for water dependent uses. Uh, okay, so it sounds like a majority of commissioners are interested in that. What, what's yours? Uh, I'm, I'm not in favor of that. I think the limitation areas. We're part of the Bridge Vista, you know, part of the plan. It was all created. Um, uh, I, I would like to stick with the original Bridge Vista plan, which was to create those limitation areas and allow some development over the water. But I'm clearly in a minority. Okay. Thank you. Do you have enough direction to move forward? I will try again. Appreciate the hard work you put in. Uh, could I potentially get a continuance, a motion for continuance from one of my fellow commissioners? Um, what is the date of our next meeting? The next meeting is July 23rd. sounded like we would like to continue this meeting to our next meeting where Planner Johnson would present us with what we asked her to do. And that's supposed to be the 23rd, uh, regular standard meeting. 23rd? Or 23rd. 23rd, correct. Maybe it could be the first agenda item. So will we have a work session? So we'll, we'll continue this meeting to July 23rd will be presented by, uh, with a new amendment that addresses just the issues we all took straw polls on, and we will likely vote on that at that time. And if that passes, then we will probably have a work session to talk about the other stuff 
that will arrive in a new amendment. Which will not come within the next month or two. We've got others that we need to close up first. Mm -hmm. So I'm still um, looking for a motion for continuance. I move that we continue this uh, starting planning commission meeting to the next regularly scheduled date of July 23rd. For amendment request A19-01B for Bridge Vista Overlay. <coughs> yes. <laughs> Second. The motion uh, was made by Commissioner Corcoran and seconded by Commissioner Cameron Laddick. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? <laughs> the motion carries. Woo! We are going to take a five minute break and we'll return at 846. <laughs> <laughs> Extension request for conditional use CU 17-06 by Astoria Warming Center to extend the permit to September 6, 2020 to operate the Astoria Warming Center at 1076 Franklin Avenue in the R3 High Density Residential Development Zone. Does anyone object to the jurisdiction of the Astoria Planning Commission to hear this matter at this time? Does any member of the Astoria Planning Commission feel he or she has a conflict of interest or any ex parte contacts to declare? Seeing none, um, we would like to move forward with a presentation of the staff report and recommendation. Ms. Schlotzky, you are up. Okay, great. So um, I just have uh, five slides that I'd like to run through tonight. I know you guys have been hearing a lot of information, so I will try to keep this um, short and to the point. 
Um, so yes, this is a proposal. So first slide. Um, at 1076 Franklin Avenue, this is indeed an extension of an existing conditional use permit. Um, next slide, slide two. We're working on it here. Okay. So for, so for some context, the Astoria Warming Center is actually here on the site in 2014-15. They received their first conditional use approval in 2017 and um, had applied for and received the first permit extension last year for their 2018-2019 operating season. We haven't been there that It's it's no. wrong. That's it's different. okay. <laughs> Next slide. So we're on slide three. Yes. Okay. So just for some uh, quick locational and zoning context, this is an R three high density residential zone. The entrance to the facility is on Eleventh Street, so it's around the corner from the front view that I illustrated in the first slide. Um, the project is on uh, the corner of Franklin Street and 11th. No, no. Next slide, slide four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, just for some, uh, just to uh, illuminate everyone on the criteria that we're looking at. So, um, the first part is regards to time limits. Um, this is, uh, that APC, the Historic Planning Commission, um, can grant uh, extensions after the first year. Um, in per the code, um, the temporary uses such as this are exempt from the three extension limits, and um, there is some um, additional time limit criteria in regards to uh, temporary uses um, needing to meet the code at the time that they were originally permitted. So. Um, it eliminates the ability to go, uh, you can't go backwards in time. Um, part two of the criteria, um, criteria include any changes to the project, um, review of any conflicts with any new adoptions to the comprehensive plan, um, if there's been any progress at the site in regards to site-specific reports, which there has, or have they demonstrated um, different economic conditions that would advise against with the project. So criteria four in this case is not applicable. Um, prior um, approvals have noted a condition of approval that requested that the applicant provide um, updated uh, site reports regarding um, other possible sites for the facility. And these again were provided with this application. Um, there is a copy of the applicants' materials and their um, site analysis included with your packet. Um, so uh, criteria four is unapplicable and this application has met uh, the first three uh, applicable criteria. So moving on to the last and final slide. Um, staff's recommendation is to um, approve this, um, continue to approve this uh, um, and have the uh, new permit valid from uh, the operating season starting in November through um, February 2020. Three months. Three months. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Um, they, um, these uh, conditions of approval, as you see in front of you, these 13 conditions um, are, have been brought forward from the prior conditional use and the prior temporary extension. So um, there was an additional, as I noted before, there was an additional site analysis that was submitted. Um, they've had their annual safety inspections with the staff, um, and they have continued to submit and revise a good neighbor commitment to the community development department and um, have provided a lot of, of any complaints, and perhaps one, um, and um, have continued to um, update their policies to ensure that there's a 35 guest cap for evening, as well as um, uh, adhere to the um, weather policy um, requirements as well. So for additional note, city received five letters um, in public testimony in support of this project. They should all be included in your planning commission packet. Um, the, additionally, just the, the good neighbor commitment includes outreach to the neighborhood at three times per year before, during, and after operations of the warming facility. The plan, your planning commission packet includes an example of this outreach material, and it also includes information about a, um, ensuring that the guests are um, adhering to the rules um, and standards of the operation that the Astoria Warming Center nonprofit has uh, outlined for them. So um, with that very uh, quick summary review, staff is um, uh, finishes with their testimony right now. Thank you. Uh, are there any questions for staff from the commission? Yes. This is uh, Commissioner Price. Is there um, is there any mechanism by which uh, the ninety days could be extended at all? And, and who is that? A state law, or is that our uh, part of our code? Sure, and let me just clarify, which 90 days? The 90 days, the, 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 um, the well, the warming center is open from November 15th to March 15th or 16th in there. That's mm -hmm. 90 days, right? Or no, that's 120 days, and you can be open 90 days within the 120 days. So extending either of those days, you know, one way or the other, I mean, even by a week, is there any mechanism by which that can happen and that the number of days can be increased? I, I'm not saying I'm for that. I'm just asking because, you know I, know, I know that this past year in March, it was very cold when you guys had to close. Um, so what regulates that? Is that's our development code? Is that the fire marshal? What is that? And are there any exceptions? So I'm just looking through the conditions the initial conditions of approval from the conditional use in 2017. And I see that there was a, I don't see a 90-day limitation. I'd have to do a bit more research to find out exactly where that's coming from. Okay. I know I know if we needed to change one of the original conditions substantially other than dates we're doing right now, I believe that would modify and we need to go through a new review 
Um, but I can find out about the 90 days. Although that doesn't help us right now. Okay, thank you. Commissioner Price, I want to say that I think that comes from the state fire marshal. Yes. But I, I could be wrong. I've got a oh, he won. Great. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll ask the applicant if, he has, if they have any information on that. Any more questions for staff? Great. We will now open the public testimony. If you wish to speak, please come to the podium. State your name and address for the record. Is there a presentation by the applicant? There is, but we don't really need our little slides because that pretty much went through it. I just have a few things to say. So we are requesting the extension of our temporary. Will you state your name and address for the record, please? Andy Martin. I'm current uh, AWC board president. I live at 1024 Grand Avenue. Thank you. Street. Um, so we're requesting extension of our current temporary conditional use permit for one year beginning August 1st, 2019. This past season, we successfully provided vital services with minimal impact on the surrounding neighborhood. Um, no changes are proposed. Um, and attached in your packets, you do have all the alternative site analysis as last year's analysis also reported there are still no affordable and feasible and or feasible properties available for us at this time. Um, we continue to meet our neighborhood commitment. We still hold our three meetings per season with a very minimal number of attendees. Our first and second meeting this past season, less than a handful of people showed up the last meeting. Zero people showed up. So it was kind of a board meeting. <laughs> Um, we had one complaint logged, we addressed it immediately, and this season we were open for 90, 90 nights. Last season we were only open 80 because of our severe winter that we had last year. 90 nights definitely was, we could have been open more had we been able to, but yes. Uh, 26 of those nights we had less than 30 degrees wind chill factor, so um, that was a big winter. We served 185 unique individuals this season uh, from last year. Our biggest increase was over 55 age group, so that was a big change. 46% of the nights we were open, we had more than 25 guests. 46% of our nights open. 31 nights we were at capacity. A total of 2,272 overnight stays were provided, as well as over 5,000 meals. So we have increased community support this season with the number of downtown businesses providing meals and also donations by ways of supplies and cash. So I think we're building ourselves up in the community a little more. I'd like to see that, it's kind of fun. But that's all I have to say. Questions? Thank you. Any questions? Thank you. Is there a presentation by persons in favor of this application? Uh, just quickly, here's the Oregon Fire Marshal will come to answer Mrs. Price's question. <coughs> Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, so yeah, you can This is kind of an add-on, and I just want to do. Could you say your name and address for the record, please? Thank you. Rick Bowers, three fifty-seven Commercial here at Astoria, and I just want to tag on three quick points. One is, I hope you got a copy of. There's two hundred and ten signatures that. Uh, that were a uh, de declaration of support. And I want to thank Tiffany for 
We walked in at 4.30 and she copied all of those to get them to you. And I also want to thank these two representatives who kind of at the last minute, not that long ago, heard about this extension and just rallied to get the support. And I understand that there are about 60 names on here that are folks that have used the warming center or are, are unsheltered, and the others are friends of the unsheltered. So Eric and Dot, Dorothy, really appreciate their effort. Just want to acknowledge them. Thank you. Thank you. Is there another presentation by persons in support of the application? Are there presentations by persons who would speak impartial to the application? Is there a presentation by persons who would speak against the application? Seeing none, and having no negative testimony, we will assume there's no rebuttal necessary by the applicant. Is that correct? Any closing remarks from staff, Ms. Um, Planner Shlotsky? Did I say that right? Yeah, Chalitsky. So, um, so um, I was able to just do a little bit of digging during um, uh, the uh, applicant's testimony, and um, it is the Oregon Fire Code um, that is uh, the Oregon Advisory Fire Code that limits it to 90 days. Great. Thank you. Is there a way to get an exception on that? That completes our public testimony, so I will close the hearing. And Commissioner Deliberation. Commissioner Henry, do you have any thoughts? I'm in support of the renewing the application. Great. Commissioner Cameron Laddick. Um, I'm also in support of approving um, the continuous health application, and I'm happy to see that um, concerns were down. I think it was three last year to two this year. One this year? Was it three? Yeah. Yeah, one this year, but last year it wasn't also wasn't very much. Yeah, I'm just happy to see those things be minimized and addressed quickly. Commissioner Price? Yes, I agree. I, I appreciate that the um, organiz organization continue, continues to sort of professionalize as, uh, as it continues on, and I'm in support of the application. And this is your first time hearing this, isn't it, on the Planning Commission? On the Planning Commission, yes. Commissioner <laughs> <laughs> Corcoran, also a first timer. I, uh, I warmly support this. <laughs> uh, would someone like to make a motion? I move that the Astoria Planning Commission adopt the findings and conclusions contained in the staff report and approve the conditional use request by conditional use request, I lost my, CU1706 by the Astoria Warming Center. Second. Motion by Commissioner Cameron Laddick and seconded by Commissioner Price. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. The Astoria Planning Commission ruling may be appealed by any person withstanding to the City Council within 15 days of the mailing of the Astoria Planning Commission order. Appeals shall be in writing and shall be filed with the Community Development Director. If an appeal is not filed with the city within 15 day period, the decision of the Astoria Planning Commission shall be final. Um, thank you for waiting around. Thank you. <laughs> and congratulations, and I hope you have another successful year.
So this concludes our public hearings. Uh, our next agenda item is reports of officers. Do, does any officer have anything to report? Not this evening. Uh, staff updates section, would you like to read that or would you like me to read the state of dates? So um, for staff updates, we have some dates to remember. Tuesday, July 2nd, 2019, uh, we will have uh, a story planning commission meeting as needed. For now, it doesn't look like it. Tuesday, July 23rd, we will have our regular APC and traffic safety committee. And Tuesday, August 6th, we will have uh, an Asteroid Planning Commission meeting addressing some of the Uniontown Reborn issues that are um, very time sensitive. So hopefully the Commission can make that meeting because I cannot. Uh, Which one? August 6th. Okay. So if we if we can't have four, then we may have we may have time to deal with it on the next meeting, right? No, we don't have time. So we just okay. So if we if commission could uh, solidify their availability, and so we can ensure we have a quorum, uh, and maybe contact once you know for sure if you can make it contact uh, staff and let them know so we can find a date. Sorry, I was wrong. It's not August 6th. It's the potential meeting on July 2nd. Okay. Great. Nothing's planned for July 2nd. I saw something um, as, a, like, as needed or to be determined. I was like, uh-oh. All right. Are there any public comments on non-agenda items? Yeah. We will adjourn. Thank you. Good job. Good job.